Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, and in fact, this is the last uh, episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, the last normal episode for the year uh, 2016, the year of our Lord, the year of O Lord. Um, we have, uh, you know, we did earlier in the week, we did a great podcast with Eduardo, Eduardo and Mauricio uh, on the Hamilton mixtape. I suggest you go back and check that out. But we uh, we have just the year-end list left. It's going to be a two-parter all next week. It's just going to be basically our best of the year. We're going we're gonna to list our top ten. We're going to talk about our top ten. We might relitigate a few of those in the top ten. We voted. Uh, I have a very good system, and um, and uh, if it was huge. It was tremendous. And uh, and we all came to a consensus, which is weird because we don't often do that. But we uh, but we got it done. There's actually a list of 25 albums that we think you need to hear. But we're going to be talking about 10. We're going to be talking about our disappointments, and, uh, and then we're going to be talking about stuff we might have missed too. It's going to be fun. We're taping it this Saturday. I can't wait. You know, all these all these guys do all this work uh, with us. All these guys and girls and people. And uh, come down and hang out in this basement to to make this what it is. We do it all for free. Uh, we do not make money off of this. We only do it because uh, we enjoy it. And uh, and I I do not take that for granted. So I'm gonna cook everybody a whole whole mess of fucking food, and uh, we're gonna have a good old time. We may be drunk on the podcast. I'm just warning you right now. Right now we're not though. And um, <clears throat> this week we wanted to round things out. Um, with a talk about uh, DC music, uh, sort of in a macro micro view. Now, usually in the past two years, we've done a top ten uh, of DC music. The problem is, and we're going to talk a lot about this, is that there weren't a whole lot of releases this year. There were a few, uh, and you're going to hear us talk about them. You have Fellow Creatures. You have uh, One and Man came out with a good record. Um, you have uh, Kingsley Flood, but they're sort of split between here in Boston. Um, there, there weren't, uh, a lot of like big releases. There were a lot of small, like cassette releases, singles and stuff. And that's, that's really not the type of stuff that we, uh, we, we hold up at the end of the year necessarily. doesn't make it not good. Uh, but you know, we, we talk about albums. That's what we do here. So, uh, there wasn't a lot of that. Although I will say, you know, right now, if, if you think that we're neglecting you, please reach out. Maybe we just didn't hear it. We're pretty well researched, uh, as as can be evidenced by one of our guests that was on this, Mr. Paul Voger from Hometown Sounds. Also, Marcus Dowling down here, who you've known all year, and uh, Joe Lappin from Songbird uh, came by. So we sort of have a, have a representative group of what's going on here. And uh, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. This is this is there's a lot of tough love in this podcast uh, because there's a lot of love uh, in us for what for what all you artists out there are doing um and we we're trying to help in fact marcus dowling is trying to help uh he's trying to get some money 
for everybody. I'll, I'll just put that, put it like that. That's no spoilers, but uh, and uh, hopefully I'm going to be working on that. You know, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff go, going around, but that doesn't mean we don't have opinions, and it doesn't mean uh, also doesn't mean that we're right. So again, you know, if if you listen to this, and you're like, God damn, you guys are a holes. Um, then reach out, tell us that, tell us why we're a holes. Uh, but uh, I think I think we did a pretty good job talking about this stuff. Um, before um, before we get to that though, uh, this is a long one too. This might break the record on the pod jams. Um, want to talk about uh, the the Oakland fires, the ghost ship fires, real quick. Uh, you know, we all in 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 our little scene. If you are in the arts, and I think in any community, uh, we know spaces like this. They're everywhere. They are uh, historically the lifeblood, uh, and going back decades of of an artist community. Typically, artists don't necessarily make uh, a lot of money, uh, so these spaces have been important uh, to developing that, to having a space to not just uh, develop talent, but to perform in a lot of in a lot of instances. Uh, but there is a common denominator in 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 all these in, in that all these places a, a majority of them may not in fact uh be that safe you know in the case of baltimore uh, we had a city paper article where uh there was a real um it seemed nobody was there it's but it seemed like uh it it seemed like it was a it wasn't necessarily handled the best way <laughs> in getting uh people out of of this thing but in the end uh, the reality is that the building is condemned, and when a building is condemned, that means it is deemed unsafe by the people who are trying to keep you safe. There aren't, uh, unless you're like really into conspiracy theories, in general, there aren't mass conspiracies to to uh, to condemn buildings so you can develop something. Like, this is a genuine concern, and you know I've heard a lot of people say oh, this is an unrelated thing, an unrelated instance. Well. If now is not the time to look at this, uh, when we have 36 people uh, dead the last time I checked, uh, that count might go higher, uh, then, then when would we look at it? The point, the point I'm trying to make is that uh, this is a wake-up call um, to uh, the way uh, the quote-unquote underground uh, does stuff, and, and it needs to be like looked at very, uh, very closely by people who put on these shows. Uh, again, we have a great community in DC who does this. Um, but you know, I, one of my really good friends, one of the, one of the best people I know in the world, Quinn Myers used to run, uh, a place called above the Bayou. And I, I think, uh, I haven't checked with him although I should have, I think he'd agree with me when he says that that place, uh, really could have been a death trap. Uh, if anything, any, any little thing had gone wrong, uh, a lot of people could have got hurt. And uh, when you hear people saying, well, you know, these places are my quote unquote safe space, uh, that is that is very important, uh, especially if you're talking about uh, queer, transgender, uh, just sort of sort of people who feel like they're on the uh, outskirts of society having a place to go. Uh, but it is not uh, that safety is is not more important than your literal safety. So. What what we're we're gonna do? We're gonna put in the show notes here. Uh, first of all, to the uh, victims and families of the victims of the Oakland fire, 
uh, our hearts go out to that. Uh, there is a uh, there are two funds here we're going to put in the show notes: the Oakland Fire Relief and the uh, Fire Relief Fund. They both have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, please donate to that. That because that community could have been you. Uh, that could have been your friend. Uh, we're going to donate to that. You know, we we've been talking about donating to uh, to organizations that need it this year, and and right now these two are, are two of them need it. But we're also going to put in a, a document that uh, we retweeted and has been sent around. That is a basic um minimum and i mean minimum uh things list of minimum things you should do to set up your house to set up your wherever uh if you want to use it as as an art space and invite people into your space because like it or not you're responsible for those people when they're there if something happens to them while you're there that is on you and i don't think anybody uh i don't know how much people think about that it's hard to think about it when like so much like take paper house uh over in petworth so many good bands came through there the scene was so vibrant uh and uh but you know had something gone wrong um i know i know uh none of them they, they it would have been horrible for them <laughs> uh they're very compassionate dudes um but um so if people can just look at this list and and say hey do I do all of these things? Can I do some of these things? Some of them, I mean, it requires money uh, to be safe a lot of times. But take a hard look at what, what you're doing and and seeing if, if it is, in fact, keeping the people you love, the people in your scene safe. And if it's not, maybe maybe don't do it. Maybe rethink, you know, maybe uh, get out and, and say, hey, this show that we wanted to do and it's possibly – unsafe place uh we're gonna try to get it into a place that is like up to code maybe a friend's warehouse or maybe an actual venue i don't know um it's it's just a uh it's so unfortunate that it takes something like this to uh to have us look at this but i think in 2016 we've uh we've heard enough hurt enough not heard and uh I, i you know I, along with, um, you know, I talked a little bit about this with Marcus Downing today. Uh, we don't got any more room to hurt anymore. Uh, so my point is, guys, please be careful. Keep rocking, keep making art, but please be careful. Um, because as you hear us say at the end of this, uh, we need you. Everybody needs you. So um, with that out of the way, that little pep talk, I guess, uh, I guess it's time to go to the basement. So if you're ready for our last uh, standard podcast of 2016, here you go. Uh, this is myself, Rappin' Joe Lappin, uh, Paul Voger, and Marcus Downing uh, discussing the State of the Union. See you in a few. To make this a thing, but I, it's, I, the podcast thing, yeah. How do, you pro- Joe, how do you pronounce your last name, by the way? Lappin. Lappin. Okay, good. Like Lappin. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's good. That's a that's a good enough place. There you man. go. He calls me Lappin. It. They call me Rappin Lappin at work. Have you Have you made a mixtape yet? <laughs> uh, not, not even in a past life. No, I think in college I I did the whole let me grab a mic and try to spit some bars kind of thing. Oh shit. You know, oh yeah. You know. 
like Ooh. something off, of, so like something like off a bad, uh, like a bad David Silver type thing. Is it like PCU? You I, know that? Maybe yeah. no. <laughs> I went. I went to Providence College, and I used to get drunk and you know, like perform gin and juice in front of mm. no, I, I had original oh, art by the gourds. No, not even the, the bluegrass version. Just, just like literally me, like being drunk, like rapping in front of you know college kids. I would pay to see that, sir. Hip hop karaoke. It could happen. Um. We're almost at the end of the year down here, and Yo. so invited some people over. Uh, rapping Joe Lappin from Songbird. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, thanks for coming out, sir. It's been, I enjoy your establishment. We're going to talk a little bit about it later. Great. Should thanks. Be, should Glad be to be here. Uh, Mr. Paul Vodra, you have not been on a podcast this year. Didn't I? I did the Fellow Creatures one with you. Oh, Was that fuck, this you year? did. Yes. 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 Oops. They all got drunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They got drunk. Yep. They got really drunk. Yes. And, and, uh, yes. and I guess I did because I forgot. <laughs> so, uh, and Mr. Dowling, you're Hello, back sir. down here. Um, this is, you know, in the coming weeks, we, we are about wrapped up here. Our last one was, uh, it's going to be Kajabone. I think hey. that's, a, that's our last review of the year. And that's coming out uh, tomorrow after we tape this. Uh, and we're going to be doing a year end thing, our top 10 list as we do. But I wanted to, uh, you know, DC music has been a little weird. And music in general in 2016, I think, has been a little weird. So I wanted to get some angles from all, you know, we have in this room represented, we have a you know a music journalist who writes for Bandcamp and Pitchfork. We have you, Mr. Vodra, who is is one of uh, DC Music's, I think, biggest cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. There's one of you in every town, I would imagine. I hope so. And then, uh, Mr. Lapping, we have a venue owner mm-hmm. who right. actually, like, finan- with, you're the money guy. You, skin in the game. Yeah, skin in, in the actual game. Uh, what we saw in 2016 was uh, much like in in reality and with the election and stuff. <laughs> no rules. <laughs> everything everything is up for grabs now. Uh, Marcus, I know you have some ideas about that, so maybe you should kick us yeah, off. Yeah, um, I think that uh, DC music is in a fascinating place, just as much as like the population of the city is in a fascinating place. I think that the one thing to understand with DC music is that local populations drive local music. Like, I mean, it's not like, like, especially in a town like DC, which is kind of like this, like, place that's too small to be big and too big to be small. Mm. So you need a fervent fan base of local people that constantly go out to live shows, especially. And in a place like DC, where people are kind of like just awakening to the idea that they're in a brand new place with the population shifting the way they're shifting. People don't know that they can go to shows and they don't know that there are bands that they could support. So it kind of creates this, you know, weird situation where bands can put out music, but there's not truly that connection forming with this fan base that's like not necessarily transient, but becoming more, you know, set in stone is like people that can be accessed. So, I mean, that was was to be the biggest thing this year was like just seeing so many acts put out solid projects and you still see them, go, you know, playing shows or not playing shows and kind of like not having that real groundswell of support. Like, I mean, for me, starting off with this back in like, the, you know, the 2007, 2008, 2009 days, you had bands like U.S. Royalty who would, you know, come out and make a project and they'd go out and they'd play a show. And you'd have 250 people at that show, like, boom. And then they do a show two weeks later, three weeks later, boom, same numbers, same number, same number, same number. And that's just not happening right now not saying that's going to happen in the future but as far as 2016 to me that was, was the number a thing. just lower i think that it's lower but and and that's and that's to the detriment of great musicians being able to like make a living and do what they need to do to like uh. sustain themselves like you have to be able to draw numbers and you have to be able to sustain intrigue 
And that's a hard thing to do if, you know, like people just don't know that they can go to a songbird or a DC nine or a black cat, or, you know, if they're just going to see the big giant national act at nine 30, yeah. you know, every night of the, the year or something, you know, then that's difficult. Like it's, it's difficult because the trickle down doesn't happen. Right. So, I mean, that's, that to me is the intriguing thing. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen in the future, but I'm saying that for this year in particular, that was the thing that I always noticed in going to local venues is the fact that like, People don't quite know, and I don't know what it, what the answer is as far as like getting that support out there necessarily. Like, I mean, I'm, and I want to like open it up to open conversation. Yeah. But to me, like, that's the big thing is like, how do you get people to leave their house to not go see the Foo Fighters and Green Day? All right, Joe. Yeah, I mean, certainly I've spent the better portion of the <laughs> last couple of years thinking about this yeah. and especially as a new venue there's there's so many layers to what you're talking about um and uh you know yeah to, to head right for this conversation about kind of who is the dc music consumer right um and what does that mean you know and i think sometimes the knee jerk is to kind of just crush the dc music fan a little bit be like we don't have the the quality of fan or the the level of fans or enough of them anyway that some cities might have i mean i've lived in dc pretty much my whole life right, except going right. away to college i've visited other places yeah and obviously we know people from other places so you can anecdotally hear um and i was mm -hmm. having a conversation with somebody i don't know a week or two ago about new orleans mm. i don't think it was you marcus yeah, but right. it was, i was just there yeah but it was somebody and it was like the the comment or something that I that I came to was like when I go to New Orleans and I'm with my friends there, it's like, okay, we're going out tonight. That might mean we're just gonna go see music. Right. Yes. We're going out, so that might mean that could very well and very likely will include dropping in on a couple different places to see music. Right. I think in DC, we're going out means we're going to the bar mm -hmm. or we're going to the new restaurant. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh or some combination of those. If it's going out to see music, that's sort of the plan ahead of time. We're going to see that band. Yeah. So then that funnels into your point, which is, you know, does that band draw? Who? How many? How many fans does that band have? But there's that kind of layer of music fan, mm -hmm. which right. you might label as a more casual fan, but maybe not, because in New Orleans, I, you know, great appreciators of music that don't mind trying something new or just popping in on somewhere. And don't even mind if that costs them five or ten dollars. Right, right. Um, like, yeah, so yeah. I mean, I mean that's sort of my there's, observation. There's so, much, there's so many, especially coming here. I mean, this is uh, uh, in many ways, much like New York, like a melting pot of people coming in, like just people from all over the world here. Yeah. Uh, because this is where the shit happens here in DC. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, people of all different tastes, and uh, I like. There's nothing wrong with being like sort of a segmented listener. Like if you just like jazz and you just go to jazz shows, maybe you're not going to end up at Songbird. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe. Well, now you can't really end up anywhere. You can end up at Blues Alley. But, <laughs> this is true. But and that's actually a problem. You know, right. the Heming Caverns closed, and yeah. and and that is, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to what DC music actually is yeah. uh, later on in this of course, podcast. Of but course. Uh, you know, when when you say uh, putting it on like on the consumer though, like I I sort of tend to flip it around and look at like what we're doing like as creatives in this town and, and if and I, and I don't know the answer to this is like if we're creating enough uh for lack of a better term good art to draw people out oh. because and voter you can step in or you can step in because yeah. there's a lot you know we say this a lot on this podcast where uh 
the act of, of simply deciding you're going to create something is beautiful. It is what you should do with your life. Every Just do that. <laughs> that doesn't mean that people should necessarily pay for it or buy it, or <laughs> even that it's good. Like, that act requires self-awareness yeah. uh, for you to call yourself an artist. So, Well, I, I think the interesting thing is there's a generational shift that's been going on for a while. I think these those of us in the room here probably identify as Generation X, mm-hmm. and Generation X is getting older, not maybe not going out as much, and the millennials are coming up damn millennials and it's i think they think and treat music differently and also we now all have spotify or some other streaming service so you don't have to think about owning music as much anymore it's a service you can just play it um and that i think makes us a little more detached from the being a super fan of something and i think that so it's going, a harder in, is what it, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. I feel like you have so much music to choose from that you, you it's tough to listen to one thing enough to really love it because you're like, oh, I'm missing out on all these other things. And you're just constantly listening to stuff. You have a surface appreciation mm-hmm. of a lot of things, but not a deep appreciation mm-hmm. of any of it. And that going to see a show at a regular venue that's putting on music every night, like black hat or DC nine or, or one of these is like, well, that's what, you know, unless it's something that's really special, it's like, well, there's probably some band playing there that I don't know, or I've heard maybe a little bit. And what seems to be hitting a lot, like I, I've been thinking a lot about this so far sounds uh, model. Mm-hmm. That's that's And, and it, it, I haven't been, so I have an uninformed opinion about it, but it's kind of troubling to me that there's these secret shows that seem to be packed of people that don't know who they're seeing. Mm. They're going specifically because it is a an event. It's a it's a place to be seen. It's mm. a place to be cool. And the music, uh, uh, the musicians I've talked to that have played it love it because apparently the audiences are very attentive, yeah. mm-hmm. which is right. great. It's- and they and that's what a musician wants is they want people to be paying attention to them and not just having a social hour at the back of the black cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it seems really weird to me that all these people are going out to see secret shows when they don't even know who they're, who's playing. Um, and it, it seems very buzzy to me. And it, it, I, I don't know, like I really need to go I'll, check I'll, it out. To, I mean, re- yeah. Real quick, Marcus, course, to, that, to, to the so far sounds thing. Yeah. Though, and, and our friend, our mutual friend, I think Lindsay Hogan had a very strong reaction to that. Yeah, I read that. Uh, and, and, yes, you know, she and she was wrong, I think. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> um, hi, Lindsay. We love you. But, hey, boo. Uh, but, you know, because uh, that gets into like the type of fan, because those people are actively paying to support music. Music, and they don't care what they see. So, uh, well, is is so, so far? But to, is so far paid? Uh, yes, you buy yes. tickets and then they pay the artist. It, there is that's, like a that, lottery. I think that's right, actually. There, there's oh, no. both, actually. It, it's like even more complicated. Like you can buy a ticket or you can apply to win the lottery to get a free ticket. Okay, so well, this is what I get for well, not getting them on. Uh, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. Like, there's two things. Number one, like so far sounds what happens when you make thing when you make a thing Brooklyn. <laughs> like that's honestly what it is like i mean i'll just break yeah. it down like straight up I, I don't have i have no problems with just like calling something as i see it and it's brooklyn i mean that's what it is it's like okay this is like a very much like 2010 brooklyn-esque model of like we're gonna do a cool thing because mm-hmm. we're cooler than you mm-hmm. like personally knowing folks that work there these are all the coolest people i know <laughs> they just are and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing negative about that but like they're probably cooler to people that desire cool things than every single person in this room combined and that says a lot because kevin hill is a pretty cool guy but uh but i'm totally not well, whatever. <laughs> okay, i'll just say but uh but in any event like and there's also the fact that like it, it angers me that 
in this era, I think the thing that DC should think about is putting music where people are and not putting music where people aren't. Like, so what does that a, mean? I'm, I, it, it frustrates me that there's not like a music scene that's built around like Tip Cow or Bad Saint where people want to go. Like, people want to go to like the hot restaurant. So there's absolutely no reason why there shouldn't be a band or some kind of entertainment thing attached to that. And then on top of that, that band can then say, we're playing a show at Songbird or we're playing a show here. If you want to see us, not in this environment where this is a very cool thing that's happening, come with us I mean, and go to this uh, other thing. Are, are you talking about the good old days like St. Elmo's Fire and House Bands? Like, yeah. the, uh, basically, the, I mean... The you Joel Schumacher version of DC? You have to put the music... If the people aren't coming to the venue and at the number that you want them to, <laughs> mm -hmm. you have to like put the cheese somewhere else. And oh shit, we're talking about cheese. Attach a, you, you put the cheese somewhere else <laughs> and you attach a string to said cheese and you just yank it down the street. That's the uh that's the Wesley Snipes and uh Mo Better Blues exactly, speech. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's what it yeah. is. Like that's where we are in DC. Like you know, like it's it's not impossible. Like doing these things, it just requires a little bit of like understanding of like where are the people. And if they're if floating in the digital ether, then they have to do a thing in real life. They have to, because people have to leave the house. Like, I know you don't yeah. like to leave the basement, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. you know, like... It's true. People have to leave the house. Like, they yeah. do. They have to go to Soul Cycle or they have to go to Trader Joe's. <laughs> there's, a great, there's a great captive audience at Trader Joe's of, like, 200 people who are standing in line in next door for 45 minutes. So, so I mean, to that point, uh, Joe, like, what's, like you know getting people say out to songbird like mm -hmm. you know because again back to my point about so far sounds being like good for that like these are people that appreciate music how do you how do you move that audience over to a place where it, you know songbird is is full service i guess that would be the best way to put it uh it, you have you can buy your records there you can get drunk as fuck there if you want <laughs> you, you can eat some damn good food because you can uh -huh. and Drink and then you coffee. can see a damn good show right and so that should be a no-brainer for, like, everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good commercial for, for what we are. Um, I, I appreciate that. Uh, in fact, in coming up with the sort of moniker of the music house, kind of what you said was the idea. Um, uh, the idea was a place, it's not a 24-hour place, although sometimes I've slept there. But, um, you know, where you can eat, drink, sleep, the music, um, and that's what it's all about. I've, I've used the... Uh, the um, simile of kind of like what a sports bar is for sports as well. Yeah. The idea yeah, that you're going there, you're going to maybe sometimes you're just going to watch the game with your friends, i.e. listen to the DJ or mm -hmm. listen to the records. I guess you don't actually watch live sports at a sports bar unless arm wrestling is a sport. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that's over just, top, brother. Over the top. Know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's a good commercial for Songbird, I guess. Um, I think this conversation we were having, it quickly, it quickly starts to hurt my head sometimes because it is uh, exactly this conversation about, you know, is it the supply side? Is it the demand side? Right. Is it meeting people where they are, like Marcus is saying? Yeah. Or is it conditioning them to something new uh, or conditioning them to what they might want and don't know it or what they someone's idea of what they should want? Um, I'm all for taking steps to condition audiences for something better as well. And I think there's a little bit of that in the so far model, which mm -hmm. is... Um, you know, conditioning an audience 
And then you get into some of, you know, Lindsay's article about, well, why do you need to be conditioned or right, some right. of the things she was saying. And I think there's like nuggets of correctness in all of it. So uh, I think my take on it generally is let's look at everything, right? Let's look at Marcus's idea. Well, why is that good? Why isn't that good? Let's look at so far, right. say what's good about that? What might not be great about that? Let's look at Songbird and say like, what's good? Why should people come? And what mm -hmm. can be improved? And at the end of the day, I think people should consume how and where and when they want to consume and then uh it's up for us to talk about it and <laughs> study it and do, you, do i mean do you as a as a proprietor like do you do you feel where's the line where you stop chasing it though because you have to like you provide a service totally right? and and yeah i mean my market has to be there i always think of the marketing industry i think a lot about the marketing industry yeah uh and what is the marketing industry doing um you know, to some degree, to me, you're educating your consumer, and then you're sort of nibbling at these margins of grabbing these those consumers kind of on your edges. But you have to be hitting a core consumer, a core demographic that wants your product. Right. Right. I can't spend a thousand dollars to acquire every customer. People just have to want your your product, and mm -hmm. music's a fantastic product. Um. So, your question about how I, you know, thinking about how you move people to that space. Um, yeah, we're new, so there, you know, we have to educate, which is, you know, talking about ourselves, showing pretty pictures, yeah. trying to distill that idea. I mean, so far has done a good job of branding or distilling yeah. down that core idea. You have to give people kind of like a seven word description of what you are that they can grab onto. Um, Do you have to get Bob out there? <laughs> Always helps. <laughs> you, you, you remember the Bob? Huh? You remember the Bob? I, I know. I know Bob. Oh, oh, no, the, Bob? the Bob. Oh, you're talking about the Bob. That's funny. Mr. You okay, that's funny you say that. We had, you know, the one space that we call our record cafe, which you refer to as where you can buy the vinyl and, and do some of the coffee. Yeah. That was previously a kebab joint yeah. that never actually opened. <laughs> so when we bought oh, okay. that space, the lettering was already up Z dash K E B O B. And for Adams Morgan Day two years ago, I took down the Z dash K E, and there's a couple people that took pictures of it. So it's funny when you said Bob, I, Bob, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> but, uh, that, that's a little. Yeah. That's a little sidelight. <laughs> Paul, you look uh, like you were going to say something. I'm good. No, no. So like, what's the? I mean, so uh, there's a thought thing about bands. Like, I want to like talk to people who play music. I guess in the city, like we're, we're back at square one again. I feel like like we're we, we've gone all the way around the sun. Like while a Jumped and did his thing, and Goldlink did his thing, and U.S. Royalty did a thing, and you know all these bands did stuff. I even feel like Paperhouse did a thing, and they went around mm -hmm. the sun to a degree where people like know it, and it's like, oh, it's for for its circle, it's a well known thing that exists and has a, a, sure. a body of life to it. So we're back, we're back to the beginning again. Um, who's willing to put the effort in? That's like. That twenty six hours a week effort, like I I was watching the uh, the I was watching a Beatles documentary last night, and it had nothing to do with this. I was just watching a Beatles documentary, and um, about their Hamburg days, mm -hmm. and they played in Hamburg like every day, like mm. eight days a week is a real song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I know that for a lot of artists, like it's like okay, I have to work and I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do social media, whatever. But what about the notion of like? just playing gigs like finding a place no matter where it is and just playing and playing and playing and playing and playing to the point where people just know by 
rote number of times you play, it's just beaten into your head that, like, say, Band X is going to be at Space Y all the time. Well, we were actually just talking about that like, before, you, before you, you guys got here. What yeah. you're talking about, though, is the hustle. Mm-hmm. And I fall on the side of things where a band has to, like, release a good product. Like, just, I mean, and, and again, Joe, you can relate to this. You sell the product. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, the art is a product that you sell, unless you choose not to engage in any any type of economy or commerce. <laughs> in which case, don't Stop. ever complain about anything. <laughs> just make your art. You are beautiful. Yes. You are a special snowflake. Um, but uh, I'm a snowflake. But one of the things in, in, D- in D.C. especially, and... I mean, as good as, from a macro level, 2016 was for music, it was the weird shit. It wasn't, like, any of the good shit. But DC specifically, they ju- there just was nothing necessary put out in the... 2015 was a great year. This year, like, and I'm talking specifically about indie rock right now, mm-hmm. there was nothing. It was a wasteland of people, like... I don't know if they were sitting on their hands. I don't know if they thought something was coming and they wasn't. I know some people were working on albums. I know our friend Louis is working on mm-hmm. an album. But, you know, that that sort of drives a lot of what happens in your venue, the indie rock scene. You you guys do have a diverse scene of, of, of events you do, but a lot of the acts that come through are going to be like those smaller indie rocks that were playing house shows. And no, it's, no question. Yeah. That's a big part of the programming, yeah. Um. And and yet we have in DC this whole other side of things. Uh, we have like Aaron Abernathy, the mm-hmm. soul scene, the R and B scene, yep. the go go scene, which yep. you know, and you know, people are still still get hung up on Fugazi and punk and stuff, and like it's not coming back. It shouldn't. Somebody somebody wrote a dumb fucking article. It was bandwidth. Yeah, I have an alley. Which is, <sighs> but it was it was just like, is this going to mean a better era for like DC punk? It's oh, like, that fuck Trump you, in, yeah. no, stop <laughs> thinking about that. Because hey. what if you look around like like Bonnie Vare made one of the worst albums of 2016. If that's what you're trying to make now here in DC or any small town, like you're not going to win. I mean, for me, it's like when I started like really pushing myself as a journalist. There were weeks where like my sleep to non-sleep ratio was like 110 hours a week <laughs> and 14 hours of sleep. So like, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like that's the kind of like push you have to do to like break even to get to the point where like your art is at a point where it's undeniably great. Right. And that's what it takes now because like understand if you make music in Washington DC, like in in the year of our Lord 2016. You are competing with bands that are like a hundred trillion times larger than you every night of the week. Mm-hmm. So, like the idea that you're actually going to turn a profit from ever make from making music is is pretty low. But that shouldn't stop you from making music. That yeah. should just inform your level of dedication. So, to for your example, craft. like back in the day, um, you know, the back room was good at this, and and I honestly advocate and have done this on the podcast for for Songbird to be the ones who actually pick up this torch. But like U Hall right now is being booked by uh, IMP, and and they are saying that it's the smaller bands. It's not the smaller bands. It's the bands they don't want to lose money on at the nine thirty club. Let's be real, you know, bong. And those people like. Uh, U-Haul's a great venue. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great venue. Uh, not as easy to get to on U Street as some other places. This might um, be true. But, you know, before we get too down on, like, DC Music, Paul, but, you, you, Paul, <laughs> you run a podcast yep. specifically about DC Music. So, like, am I completely wrong or? I mean, 
<sighs> the thing about DC, right, is that there's a lot of creative, talented people that live here, but it's very expensive to live here, and so everybody has to have their day job, and it's not just a, a crappy day job, you know, uh, slinging coffee or whatever, uh, walking dogs. I mean, there's there's people that do that, but there's a lot of people that have, you know, important sounding uh, policy jobs and lawyering and whatever, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have the time and the energy. They still make great music, but they don't have the time and the energy to be able to do it a lot, to play a lot of shows, to do the hustle, to hire PR and get the word out there to tour um, that, I mean, you know, so they, they can get well-known in DC, but they can't ever get that buzz to break out into the bigger scene. And I think that a lot of people are okay with that. I think that people like the people that want to play so far sounds that don't necessarily even get paid to play so far sounds gig. They want to just have an audience. They want to have a room full of people that are quiet and listening to them perform. They want the emotional feedback and they want to, um, you know, just continue to be able to pay the mortgage and break even. I mean, you know, a lot of times going on tour, the best hope is to break even. Right. So that's an interesting point that you make about what is, you know, what is the ambition mm-hmm. of, of most right. of these bands. That's important. I, and that's huge. Um, I know, I know shade AKA or formerly known as the walking, walking sticks, sticks just yeah. went on a yeah. tour that appeared successful from the, from the photos and different feedback that I saw. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, I don't know if they're worth talking about on it from a DC music yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, perspective, we because definitely. you guys probably know better than me mm-hmm. who toured out of DC and yeah. who might've taken some of those next steps this year. I'd, I'd be interested to hear some of well, that. Like, like to your point about the ambition is like, I, I, I think you're right for maybe 90% of it. Yes. But, but I think there are like, and, and this is, there is in any community, there's a small vocal like arts, community that mm-hmm. is very dedicated to just doing that and mm-hmm. then you have a few that are doing that that are mm-hmm. trying to drive this and that's what i was talking about with the people who aren't putting out stuff mm-hmm. you know it, it the ambition is such an important part of this because if you uh first of all if you come to dc wanting to be an artist uh, how did our friend amir put it <laughs> oh god it was um you you come to DC to uh, to hone your craft, yeah, and then you go elsewhere to like basically cash in on it. Exactly, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Exactly. Can't disagree with that. Exactly, yeah. because because what gets done in DC government, yeah, maybe oh, yeah. not anymore. But no, it was it was like that was God. That was episode one of getting over, which was like it yeah. was like it was funny because it's like I remember asking that question. I guess it was like an important DC music point for me. I was sitting right there where you are, mm-hmm. Kevin, and he said it. And my entire body deflated. I don't know mm. if you saw it. I tried mm. to like hang up, hang out, and be strong at that moment, but like oh. my entire body deflated. It was like, oh my god. Okay, so this is just like the world's greatest like practice room. <laughs> then it's like this is just really and, awesome. And by, by the way, we're talking about Odyssey. Yeah, yes, Odyssey. that is true. Yeah, 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 just yeah, to be sorry. clear, yeah, 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 yeah. Musical God, name. That's like that's like when people talk about Skrillex and they go, "You mean Sunny?" No, it's like, <laughs> no. yeah, oh, yes. That's God. We're we're so inside. Yeah. But anyway, so it's like Odyssey said that, and I'm like, my body just air just flew out of my body because I'm like, okay, so this like, and it's funny to speak to that point that you made. Like, there is a belief then that we could make right now that. We could just be developing like the greatest house bands ever, 
like so when you just go to a show in dc you have this like sustainable community of just like really awesome music that just like plays within our circle mm -hmm. and it kind of like invalidates there's a whole thing about like with with being a, a journalist that, that bugs me these days too is that it invalidates criticism because it's just great for the sake of being great it is not great for the sake of like advancing yeah. any sort of like narrative of like a a career that has like breadth and scope and evolution and sonic development and all these things that you aspired for for musicians you just for described pitchfork pretty more history of time but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah. there's a lot of people that want to like have a good time they want to put on a fun show maybe at a house maybe at a diy venue or, or right. some other small venue they want all their friends to come yeah and they want to have a good time they want you know and and that's that's as much as their ambition is and I don't think that's so bad. There's there's room for that. There's room for the big stuff, and there's room for the small stuff. And I mean, definitely this year, like I did the crunch the numbers. Um, I've played 132 different musicians on my podcast in 2016. Right, that's a lot. And how many of them were dance? Um, a bunch, a bunch. Um, but that that's actually what I'm saying. Yeah, like. So yeah. how, I mean, how many? So like, what, like 50%, 60%? No, it's not God, that much. It's funny you I listen to your podcast, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned dance because like the quiet is kept. Um, DC is the hottest market for electronic music in the world right now. Like quiet is kept. Like um, Hotel on, Garuda. What, what does that mean? Like, okay, so like Hotel Garuda, um, Eau Claire, mm -hmm. um, both artists that are probably going to be playing like enormous global international like mega massive music festivals in the next 12 months like they just are and mm -hmm. they have a organic fan base of people that like actively support their music like on a superstar level and nobody really talks about them because they make music for a very what is now again a very segmented segmented fan base that is way over here to the left and happening deep deep in the darkest quarters of the room late at night and you know it's a thing that's like way over there and i mean and like and that scene is always good with just doing a thing for itself and i think that's and there's there's like a corollary there with like how dance music and the way that like people and the way that dance music has, has existed for its entire history as compared to like mainstream music and like the like organic development of like you build a star and then a star becomes a superstar and then a superstar becomes this mega enormous worldwide thing that that's unique in a, that's intriguing in the sense of this generation in the sense that like there's more to learn about where a scene can go in observing what dance music has always done than observing what say like rock and roll or rap has done right so, I mean, that's the intriguing thing when you talk about, like, bands that are just cool with, like, being awesome bands. That's kind of, like, in the same statement as, like, a DJ who's just a really amazing DJ. You could be, like, Sam the Man Burns, who's just in an astounding DJ. It has been an astounding DJ for 35 <laughs> years. Yep. And it's, like, Sam holds no desire to ever play the main stage at the Ultra Music Festival. But he's totally okay with the 18th Street Lounge. And he has made a living playing 18th Street Lounge yeah. for, like, the better part of, like, 35 yeah. years. And he is a gifted professional in that notion. And if we're getting to that same point with, like, people that strum guitars and people that, you know, rap over breaks, like, that's just, I, I mean, even to think about it right now, that's, like, bong, like, <laughs> hitting me in the head and, like, really, like, fucking my equilibrium right now. It's just, like, whoa. Well, no, that... 
if I could summarize that, because yeah. uh, I was just thinking the same thing, which is, you know, far be it from us to say what the musician's ambitions should be, yeah. but it should be that whatever your ambition is, you have a chance at that in D.C. Yeah. So, like what you're saying with the with with Sam, who has created a living by being really good at being a local DJ, it reminds me of like what they talk about with Kermit Ruffins in New Orleans, which is. The oh, yeah. guy, the guy never, you know, is this great musician. Yeah, but his ambition wasn't, you know, he was in Treme. He had the famous thing. Yeah. It was like, so you just want to, you know, eat barbecue and drink beer and play, you know, Vaughn's every Thursday night. He's like, that'll work. John Butte, <laughs> yeah, yeah, John Butte the same way. He's like lives around the corner from DBs or DBAs, and it's just like, that's what I'm gonna do. Right. <laughs> so I guess it's ask the question: Does DC support you know those people? So that, does DC support those people that want to do that? Can DC or does DC support the people that have the greater ambition? Like, ask yourself those questions for each of these different kind of yeah. ambition profiles. And, and my question is, is I, I think invariably you can find it because I know people do it. Like Ben Tufts plays with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are gigs to be had, but mm-hmm. I, but I think there's a, the large class of musicians here that don't want to uh, engage in that. But I think that's the. I mean, that's going to be the great hope for music going forward. As as people spend less and less on music, and people want to stream it, and and look, that's racing to the bottom. We've talked about this in the past few yeah. podcasts. Amazon launched a service for four ninety five. Yeah. If you think it's not going to be free <laughs> by January, like I mean, there's always free with ads, and there's always paid to get rid of the ads. Um, well, it's but, gonna yeah, be free but, without ads. But ultimately, yeah. like anybody can stream whatever they want, and you know whether you listen to some ads or not, or do right. it on your computer or not, everybody can listen the, to whatever they the want. But the live thing is 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 where it's at, and it's like I know, and not to pick on like the the iota crowd, like your side of the river and stuff. Love it, <laughs> but like they, I, I do love it. Yeah. And, and but they, but they have uh, in, a lot of them have their ambitions out of whack. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there was an initiative they were like, "Yeah, oh, we're as good as any band that could play like with Foo Fighters," and like the marketplace says. That's not actually the fact. It's and and I think this is what we're facing, not just here, but like in 2016 in general, is is setting these expectations of like if somebody like say for example Derek Avery, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm naming names. I, I was like, I, I, yeah. t- I told I told Marcus, I said, I, I we will lose listeners, and that's fine. <laughs> Shout out to the Bumper Jacksons as well. Yeah, sure. Cool. <laughs> um, but but so you can make a good living doing what he does. You can't be super rich doing what he does, but you can make a good living. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy who fucking loves music. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's playing, what, like every night now? I don't know. A lot, yeah. And like playing at Port City Brewery. Right. And playing at Lost and Found. Mm-hmm. You know, like just like getting up there for, who knows, two, three hours. Right. Like strumming, probably some covers, right. probably some and originals. It's not, and, and my point is, it's not a gig that I, as like a hyper consumer, is going to necessarily go see. Right. But the people that maybe you want to get in, Joe, that are coming in, that are, are maybe casual, we can call them, mm-hmm. or just people who want something added to their experience are going to see mm-hmm. and that's how you make money being a musician that's how you used to make money being a musician if you were in a jazz band you got a gig you got five gigs a week and you played them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it there was no like superstar status there was no like you can be the next grizzly bear there was no, like but if you wanted if you want to do that you have to like again back to that point i made earlier if you want to do that like that's it's really almost damn near impossible to do now, but you have to like be willing to put in like a hundred and fifty percent effort at this point. We have to do that, and you have to be willing to play. Not not look at like where should I play? Black Cat, nine thirty, Songbird. Like, wait a minute, you mean I can play? 
just like restaurant Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so Joe's. serious about that. Like Hot Aaron, Yeah, Aaron Abernathy is playing at um the uh the the barbecue place. I have a city smokehouse. I'm yeah, going to be at that show. I cannot Good. fucking wait. Okay, so here's the question. There. So, what are some of the revenue models like? So, when they when they play the Port City brewery presumably the brewery is gonna gonna pay them well and yeah and, and this is actually i, I didn't invite uh chris out uh today because chris down uh-huh. uh but uh because i just forgot <laughs> but i mean this, this is where we and, and we, dis- we disagree in a lot of positions but for that type of musician i completely agree on his positions about like Fair play for for musicians, fair uh, fair treatment, like yeah, minimum wage for musicians and stuff. I, I think with that going into that, then then there there should be like regulation on that. And there should be right. So I mean, I I've had conversations, you know, about this with Chris as yeah. well, and read yeah. read a lot of the different stuff. And again, you know, I I think about these things from all sides of the coin, yes, but also the venue owner side of the coin. Um, that's all well and good, but. And I think that's appropriate, uh, but then okay, if if the, if you're going to make a living that way, right? So you're going to play the Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. you're going to play the Port City Brewery gig, you're going to play the Lost and Found gig. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, those places are commercial establishments. They're not in the business of losing money. No. So at the end of the day, the consumer <laughs> has to come. The consumer has to choose to go to that place. Pay the be- cover. Pay well. Maybe or, there's a cover. Maybe there's not. Maybe the music. Yeah. Maybe they make the choice to go to that place I think because the Trader Joe's. Though you're getting subsidized by uh, taquito sales, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. The Trader Joe's is, is a different case. But I guess you see what I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, yeah, I see exactly what, what I'm saying. landing exactly on is saying. when you when you talk about this, which is the the musician making the living in D.C. by playing more gigs, which are not all venue gigs, mm-hmm. which are a mix of you know cobbling together these different gigs. Uh, to me, that quickly falls back to you know what's our consumer base, um, what decisions mm-hmm. are me- people making based on music, uh, you know all those types of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think too about like getting back to what you were saying about about Shade, you know they like they went on tour as an opening band, and I actually don't see a lot of DC bands doing this. And the one band that I do see doing this. And that I think is pretty successful right now is Red Gold Green. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just went and saw them, U Street Music Hall. They toured for like, what, two years or so as an opening act on some of these big festivals. And they not only did they build up a fan base, but they got good at being on stage. They got good at having stage presence and manipulating the crowd. Yeah. And it was it was kind of amazing to watch. It's it's funny. It's like that's that time when you get that, that lucky cosign but from Dave Grohl. Yes. And you're just like and they took advantage of it. Yeah, you just yeah. you milk it for every yes. single cent it's worth. And, Why and aren't God bless you for bands doing, doing that. Do you well, think? I mean, you know, well, not some, everybody some gets bands the Dave are like Grohl. they don't want to interact with the man. Hmm. Like the art is like nah, you can't interact with the man. I know somebody specifically, and and is like I can't do a podcast on iTunes. I don't want to fucking work with Apple. I'm like, well, you're you're making a mistake. <laughs> Marcus is laughing. <laughs> it's like, I won't name that person, but but he knows anyway, who he is. But no, it's like you you have to though. Oh yeah, you I have mean, really do. It's, if even you, 
Even Red Gold Green, that like they have their own label, they do so much of the work themselves, right? And like they still are going to sign on to a big music festival and play that opening slot right. and get a bunch of new fans, and well, that's they, they not actually, selling out to the main. They're an interesting uh, case because they actually had big label support, mm -hmm. and and a lot of that was due to Dave Grohl's like sign off, yeah, yeah. But they lost it, mm -hmm. right? And so now they're back to doing it. But what I saw, uh, like like you were saying, mm -hmm. is like. They they develop the talent to back up the hustle, mm -hmm. and so now they're going to play if they can, like you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred shows a year, mm -hmm. because this is what they're doing. That's their job, and that is very different than just being that that level of ambition. That's the work you have to put in. You can't sit around town and be like, I put out a cassette, and <laughs> thirty minutes of drone. <laughs> a lot uh, of people do, man. Yeah, but like that, that you know, but. That doesn't make for a good. Uh, it, it makes for a uh, makes for a good friend set, but it doesn't make for a good art scene because uh, eventually people like somebody gets way too stoned and hears that and is like, oh, "That's the best." <laughs> so, I, mean, I say that from experience. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, so. I mean, it's funny you talk about cassettes. I want to give a shout out to the the punk scene real quick, like which is kind of funny in DC because punk bands don't really have anywhere to play. In DC, but there's still like an actual like thriving punk scene of DC bands. I mean, they got the MLK Library. I know. Shout out to uh, shout out to Maggie for uh, opening up the the library mm. in the basement. I think that's it's it's fascinating in the sense that like punk's this thing that I think has like you know people wanted to win because of the election of Donald Trump, and that's <laughs> something that has we really have to discuss it. Like because people are going to give DC punk like a real opportunity. In but, the first six months of next but, year. But so in Vietnam, you didn't have punk. You had Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. Like, right. punk doesn't need to win. Punk had its day. No, but but people... Okay, understand. I like, love punk. Understand. Like, member berries are real. Like, that South Park storyline? <laughs> <laughs> member berries are, like... Yeah. Really real. So, like, all of the stuff that, like... I remember... I remember punk rock. It's gonna get an opportunity. Like, people are gonna... People are gonna immediately think... It's Washington, D.C. Donald Trump is vaguely similar to Ronald Reagan. What did people do in Washington, D.C.? And you know who is cute as to maybe. take advantage of that, and this is going to make you really unhappy, is Priests. Fuck that. Their album sucks. <laughs> I've heard no, it. but they're going to be the one to get the they shot. Are. Their album comes out in January. It's I was, was going to say Discord re-releases. Well, Discord re-releases. Hey, shout out to Bandcamp. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, put it all up there. But like, Discord isn't putting out new stuff anymore, really. So my, does it have to be new? In other words, Marcus's point, if, if DC Punk is going to get a light shine back on... It doesn't have to be new. No, yeah. and that's, yeah. I don't that's think my so either. fear, is that like, like that Priest record is... And, and I think it should stop being new. I think I think we have our protest songs. I think you aren't going <laughs> to write a better song than Fugazi. Priest, goddamn, did not. Like, I'm talking about the new album. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. All right. It's fucking... I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> so, so that it... <laughs> I mean, it is everything wrong with our punk attitude here in D.C. of people thinking that like, you can't be 21 and just be like, I understand everything that Ian McKay or Ian McKay understood. You can't do it. You're it not was... talking about the same thing. It's funny because you said about Reagan. And so I think I'm the only one in this room who maybe was old enough to remember like actual Reagan. And so <laughs> Trump is nothing like Reagan. Right, but, but, he's, but he's vaguely similar. Like, no, people, no, no, people he's not. Like, he's no, not. Reagan no. was benign, and it, and it was it was a feeling, especially in in Virginia. It was a feeling. that was like we'll be okay. And hey, fuck yeah, he's fighting communism. Politics with chunky glasses. Yeah. Oh boy, no, we, we do it. We, it we, we go all that. That is the we our, our our motto is music and nothing but. This is the nothing but. <laughs> yeah, but it's like 
I think that that's the thing, though. It's like it's going to get an opportunity, like on a, a giant national scale. And like priests are like, you know, attractive young women who make this music. And it's like, okay. So like there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a narrative. There's a oh, comforting yeah, there narrative that people who like to discuss music will find very comforting and, and accessible to their needs, too. But there's so much more. If you no, want. No, I understand if that. You want, if you don't understand I that. I know you do. But, but like. What kind of hip hop is going to be made here? Fuck I mean, well, let's talk about. Well, like, okay, so like we we could talk about rap, which is the the the, the, the you know the 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 giant you know beast in the corner that we can talk about because sure. hip hop is ubiquitous. Um, I'll say this because I think I know most of the rappers who rap in D.C. Like the best rap record I've heard in the last six months is Kingpin Slim's like mm-hmm. Life After Doubt, and Kingpin Slim literally made Reasonable Doubt again. Yeah. A record from 1996, a Jay Z record from 1996. It doesn't. There's no. There's no pink sneakers. There's no like fancy cause art. There's no like dirty, dusty breaks anywhere on that record. It's just a great R and B flavored hip hop record. Is this where from... we can queue up a track potentially? Or oh, yeah, we could do. You that. are setting this. Up. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, we could do that. I mean, <laughs> This sounds King like ben a Slim? yeah yeah yeah. Because I don't, Slim. I have a, not heard this, the, Marcus. Yeah, he's got. A, you can find it on SoundCloud, actually. Yeah, is it even really for sale? N- no. Yeah, it's just available for for streaming and listening purposes. I I will I will co-sign um from not from that album but from the EP that he put out earlier this year. Yeah. There's a beautiful beautiful love song called FYB, right? Which is really dirty. Um yeah, if it if it's uh, life after doubt, that's the one. So uh, let me on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. You know, I've heard all year, which is great because it's another one of those things where like a genre has j- gone all the way around the sun, and now we're back at the beginning again. And like it, we, so, we're not, and it's not an innovative project in the sense of like, okay, I'm gonna like rap over indie electro tracks, and or I'm going to like you know find my you know me and my friends are gonna create a, a small tiny collective of 
artists and we're gonna you know mass produce all of our beats and do this for our friends i mean shout out to the dope music village but um they're they're another group to look out uh another crew to look out for but i mean as far as like people who are like packaged and ready to go like you could put kingpin slim on stage tomorrow and he knows the he knows the job you know up down left right and he's a veteran he knows how to perform he knows how to create he knows how to get his point across in a way that is you know intriguing you know to the ear in a sense that you know you you could put him on radio even you could make him a star tomorrow so he he he's lives in dc um, I think he's just over the line, just in Maryland, the Maryland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like it counts as DMV. Yeah, it's like a DMV. lot of people. So what would Brandon, you, what Con. Would you, yeah, Con, another guy. Oh yeah. yeah. What would you do with him if you were his manager? I, oh, well, I can, I can. Oh God, this is, this is <laughs> funny because I just talked to his manager. No, nice. no, no, <laughs> no, no, sir. It's like you just hit, you hit a nerve. Okay. But, uh, but no, it's like, I mean, okay. So there, there's like ways to do rap in a city where people generally like hip hop culture but are not rap people like, and this speaks to gentrification and uh, it's the, the giant thing that I think like a lot of rappers don't take into consideration. Like the average rap listener in Washington, DC hasn't actively listened to rap as like a serious genre that they like believe in since like 2005. Since hmm. like, like the last group that they really loved were like, they loved like 50 cent and G unit. <laughs> Everything <laughs> after G unit <laughs> Is like this kind of like amorphous. Man, that's white as fuck. I'm just being <laughs> honest. Like, I was say, that's kind of a denigration of the DC hip hop listener. But go ahead. I'm being honest. But I'll allow it. I'm being honest. Like for people who like actively listen to like, I mean, I'm like talk, I'm talking about like the gentrified potential fan base of people who would come to a rap the people show. People who love the new Tribe Called Quest album. There you Those go. Hey, hey. Hey. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so but for like people who actually like, you know, listen to rap music on like a frequent basis, and like you know, like rap is their thing, rap is their jam. Like a guy like Kate Slim for them is is a bit of a harder get because their ears have like matured to a point where they've like filtered in trap and they filtered in future bass and they filtered in like you know. You know, all these other types of styles of performance. But for the average person who would go out and spend money mm -hmm. to hear rap actively and actively enjoy it, something like what you just heard no, I makes, have two, makes I, sense, I, you know? I, well, it fits a narrative. Comfortably. Two, well, two questions. I mean, first of all, we, we've done uh, some hip-hop and rap at Songbird. Yeah. Uh, you could, you know, you could discuss geographically branding is that the best fit i mean or what type of hip-hop and rap is the best fit for us there's a conversation there but, but i don't, don't want to get too into that yeah. my question is and this maybe is also some of my geographic or even racial uh ignorance in the okay. city are there house is there a house venue scene for those That's artists actually what i was just gonna say so so and here's the thing and this i won't name a name about but like i actually asked somebody about say hey you know, we, you you guys talk about all this diversity in, in the scene and the house show scenes. When let's be clear, the house shows, except for actually other fields. I don't know if you've been there, Vodra, not yet. I will. It's good. <laughs> yeah. April Post Vista is, is playing uh, there tomorrow, and uh, hey. it should be or Friday. It should be it should be great. Mm -hmm. But uh, but mostly uh, they devolved into frat parties because what happened was people saw what Alex did at Paper House, which was not a frat. Well. At the end, it was a frat party. <laughs> but I mean, I have walked in there and there have been like 20 cases of Beast Light. So that seems like a frat party. That uh, seems like a frat party. Good music, though. But, uh, but talking about, um, you know, 
diversity and and uh, and uh, and different styles of music and stuff. And then I said, well, why don't you pair with somebody not like Kingpin Slim, but like mm-hmm. say like Khan, yes, like Brandon and stuff. And they were like, who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I who mean, so the answer to your question is no, not not in 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 the scene that that is driving stuff say necessary to songbird right it's happening and i think it's happening out in like pg county correct yeah, me yeah, wrong. No, that, was, course, that was sort of, of, of the wrinkle to my question which is yeah the the merging or the melding or the diversification of the audiences is its own question yeah i was just more curious about if there is a scene that supports like, an artist like that maybe the artist does or doesn't want to they, engage in a scene no, like here's that the funny part is like Okay, I'm I'm gonna say this, and it's like the most damning critique I've made of like people who might actually call me their friend in the world, but I I don't care because I have to say it. Um, you have to want to be successful to be successful. Like that's the thing. Like you have to like dare that's, that's, to be. That's Moore's tenant. Yeah, you have to dare. Like, you have to you have to dare to be stupid to be really successful. <laughs> you have to be right? tenant. Exactly, you do. It's the truth. Like. Like you have to be willing to say, okay, I know that me and my friends, like, for the longest time, like, Indie Rap in D.C., like, took place in, like, you know, weird, out-of-the-way places where people felt comfortable with being in second place. Nation? Openers at Nation? Yeah, Opener yeah. at Nation, or I'm gonna, me and my friends are going to go to the vegan restaurant and do an open mic, because that, that's a cool thing to do. Like, No. The best thing to do is to like dare to be stupid and go and find like a bigger space, like the the glow in theory thing that uh, Jamal mm-hmm. and, uh, Jamal and Which Computer is, Club, Not Chumpa, those guys yeah. did for female artists. April Vista were there. Yeah, like they just did that at Black Hat, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's that's a that's a dare to be stupid moment to say, hey, we're gonna go to and and Jamal's a dare to be stupid guy. Right. I I tried <laughs> to get him over here tonight. And he he was busy. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, like you have to do that. And I mean, I'm really mad. Like. I'm actively mad. I'm going to call out the Dope Music Village right now and be like, guys, you guys live in Columbia, Maryland. You could be at Songbird doing a thing. No, they've done. They've, they've done. done. They've done some great stuff at our place. Okay, good. I just wanted to make so sure that So happened. now we can have the next level conversation yeah. about, like, are people coming? Mm-hmm. How do, you know, yeah, no, what's the... Like, what's do the, people show up? Uh, for a couple of them, yes. For maybe one of them, not as much. How does Jamal's portals do? Uh, that did well. Yeah, did, yeah, did you well. know, that's the thing. So you have to dare to, like, and that's the thing. It's like, at the, specifically, like, when we're talking about this show, and I was like, you should get Joe on. Because I feel like people need to know that, like, people that book venues are humans. And not, like, <laughs> yeah. And not, like, and not, like, email addresses or, like, people who sit behind computers and are, like, monolithic. Like, you're, you're a human being. You cut and bleed, right? Yeah. I think so. Music, right? I think so. Okay, there you go. (laughs) So I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to be willing to like engage with people and do that thing that feels like oh so terribly wrong to like your sense of like I just want to sing and I just want to do a thing and I just want to hear some beats and like do some raps and like maybe like (laughs) find my girlfriend. Well, 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 the, the other thing to remember too is something that you guys are probably sick of me saying this, but like. Your art is no better than, say, like Joe's art. Like everything we do uh, supporting arts is an art. Like my lady does education policy. That's her art. Your art is running this fucking venue. Mm-hmm. Your art is writing about shit. Your art is like being the cheerleader for. Her. Like this is 
none of that is is more important or better or worse than the art of somebody who picks up a guitar and plays that shit. I can say that because I can do all of it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it is. Um, and that gets forgotten like so much because they people see venue owners, people see bookers, people see this as a man as an obstacle they have to get over. Instead of looking at them like. Mm. This is a person that we need to work with. And I don't mean work with suck up to, because that's horrible. When you know somebody is sucking up to you, you're just like, oh, God, come on. It's horrible as a journalist. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah. it's like, no, I just want to talk about that I like your thing. I yeah. don't need... But the more people that can get on board with that, that it's all essentially just art, then that's ma- that's the way forward. That's the way forward for DC. Um, I think, I know, I mean, I think that's a great... Uh a great statement. Um, my experience or our experience hasn't been so much to the point that the, you know, the artists who have ambition and the artists who want to play and us that want to put them on, like Mm -hmm. can't link up with each other that I haven't experienced that per se. I I mean, I guess to some extent I wouldn't know if I had or hadn't. Right. Uh, Right. But, you know, it's a smaller community in a sense. I mean, Marcus, I know you and you know everybody, so therefore I know everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's... Transitive property. Um, <laughs> I, I believe in the transitive property, hell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's necessary. I I love... Getting back to the hip-hop um, and the racial... Um, Sometimes segregation of DC. Sometimes, like, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it breaks down, and 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 that's what I'm going to talk about right now. Yeah, yeah. Funk Parade. Yo, okay. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Yes, so, Justin. So Funk Parade happens in like May, and it's basically the U Street Music Festival. Yeah, and um, that mm. that thing brings a lot of different kind of acts: funk, hip hop, go go. Mm-hmm. I I was there. I've been to all of them. There's only been three. I and I went and I remember I saw Rare Essence. No, we mm-hmm. just put out this new thing, and and they were playing. They played a short <laughs> set at about six thirty. They seemed to be surprised that there were white people in the audience. They're that always knew. go-go artists are always surprised that there are white people in the audience. I know, and it was like oh, I love this stuff. You, I, I understand that wherever they're playing. There's not enough white people that are going, and they come oh, to U Street. That. It's that they. It's that there used to be a time where they would cross the river, mm-hmm. and like you would like get frowned at for just driving down the street. Mm. Like that's a real thing, and that like gets beaten in your head, and you're just like, okay, so across the river is a pretty shitty thing to do. So why would I do it? <laughs> but um, but like one thing about Funk Parade is that like Funk Parades have that dare to be stupid moment too. Like you have to be willing to like book dope rap. Like there's not a reason why like. The, the 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 dopest rapper rapping in the city isn't at Funk Parade. Kingpin Slim. Well, Slim would be great. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I would say that like Ace Cosgrove would be another person. Ace Ace is you know mm-hmm. Ace done a great job in like always oh, being. Hopefully, visible. he'll be down here in, like next year. Yeah, Ace Ace that... being visible at all the right festivals mm-hmm. is, is a great look for him. Yes. Um, I think that you know like you know this should... kid uh, Roz. Yeah, Ross Nebu. Uh, Ross is the Ross Nebu is the. I took a. I, here's what I love about Ross Nebu. I, I need to get on a, a soapbox for half a second. You like pull the string, man. You pull the string. the fucking yeah. string, Ross. I like the fact that like Ross Nebu is literally the most approachable artist in Washington D.C. Like I like the fact that I talked about Ross Nebu's next three projects with him while we rode like we rode like 
what, what bus were we riding? <laughs> we were riding. We were riding a ride. Uh, we were riding a, a a bus that was connecting the metro from Brookland. Not the streetcar. No, we were no, I, no, not, not never. That's never where that. all the hip shit's taking place. Now, never, man. never that. Um, we 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 were riding a bus from Brookland Metro Station to Fort Totten, and we had a conversation about his next three projects, and he like slid me like he texted me a link to mm-hmm. like you know his unreleased projects because he's just that approachable like that's somebody that like people just need to put him on a stage so so that's like the dare to be stupid moment well, like go ahead Joe. oh just one comment um and i told myself coming over here you know i'm gonna i'm wearing a pretty objective hat here i'm not trying to do any type of songbird commercial uh, right i've seen i saw Roz um Tropicalia, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think Tropicalia, based on where it is, the size that it is, and some of the branding elements, I think could be a place to put hip hop artists on. I, just, I think it absolutely is. Just a thought. We, we saw a show uh, Aaron Abernathy. Aaron Abernathy played there. Our, our, our good friend there, Aaron Abernathy, and and it was fucking amazing. Sponsored by Funk Parade. <laughs> Sponsored by Funk Parade. What wasn't amazing is that this is this is a DIY album. This is something he made in his basement. No shit. Yeah. Like and and that, only now is it getting mastered. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, well, it was mastered, but it's getting mastered to sound much better. Yeah, the, the way uh, we all heard it in our souls, and yeah. uh, none of the DIY scene showed up. None of the DIT scene showed up. Now, some of them did promote it, but it was, and and that type of thing is what needs, like, you know, b- to steer it back to DC about what we're doing and what we're doing about having like hip hop artists and all this stuff. You, it's not about your friend making stuff mm. everybody has a friend who plays guitar mm-hmm. it's about you looking around and being like oh so what does this serve what is it being an actual i hate to say being an actual critic yeah. and 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 not being necessarily a cheerleader because uh, there's a value in that you know but well, if somebody is good enough they're gonna have cheerleaders yeah and and i mean to that point i think also like if if you're making music uh, i think that a, a rising tide lifts all boats and that's been a problem with DC for the longest time. Is that like, art, uh, artists will see other artists rise and but not that, be su- and not be supportive. But that's the ethos of of DIT. No, so but, what's but, the what's but, the disconnect but it's here? It's not the ethos of DC DIT. I guess it's not. It's not. I mean, we can let's make that statement right now. Like, I mean, it's on paper that it, that's that's what they that's what they believe. But everybody, it, like, it, everybody likes to look at everybody and just be like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, this is what it is. Like, okay, cool. Like that person put out a cool project, mm-hmm. but when it's time for their show, I'm gonna suddenly have to like take an extra shift at you know mm-hmm. my job. Right. Yeah, because I mean, I support from afar. Yeah, but I don't support in real life. Like that's the crazy part. It's like if you want more fans to come to your shows, then you actually have to physically show up and support mm. yeah. people. D- Be- DC has always been very, very clicky. Yeah, but you know, no, and don't and do that. You know, it's, I, I, I actively, <laughs> I actively try to encompass well, you. No, I know. Paul, I'm actively a member of no clicks. Yeah. I, I, no, 100% he's a member of all. Everybody oh, loves Paul. Right. Oh, I don't know if that's I true. Mean, but that's the thing. Like, I, I see the IOTA click. I see the 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 Comet Ping Pong God. click. I see the DCDIT click. There's some hip hop clicks going on. I'm probably yeah, not aware. Of those pedophiles over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, I don't even want to talk about that. But no, anyway. But no, so it's like. You have to show up. Like, if there's any one message I have for every artist that listens to this podcast, and I know a lot of artists listen to this podcast, um, just show up. Like, if yeah. if you know of like a dope friend that's making dope music, because people 
don't listen to me. Like I, I, I write a lot of words, and <laughs> no one listens to them. Nobody listens to a word I say. I, you know what? I, I have supported you for, through Patreon like all year. Yeah, I maybe have read like five words a year. I know you have. I understand. <laughs> right. I no, I've read about five great no, words. No, 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 no. That's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, but people actually trust you if you're an artist mm-hmm. and you don't, and it, okay, if you're an artist and you don't support any other artist other than yourself, right. then like people are just going to be like, okay, well, there's only one artist I need to support and on, they're only going to go out to see you play. And if they happen to like have to watch, like and if, but, they have, if they happen to have to watch Stranger Things or something <laughs> while, you know, your, your performance is going on. <laughs> then you may have lost an actual fan. But 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 to that point, if and you, the C may have lost but to a fan that point, too. if you're going to shows in DC or whatever town you're in, and you look around and see the exact same people every single time, you guys aren't doing it. You're, you're oh, in an echo chamber right you, now. But then you have to like actively do social media, right? Like social media isn't like I have a project coming out <laughs> tomorrow on my band camp, whatever. No, it's like. Actively talking about your project, and this is something that dance music does to its benefit. Yeah, like, I, and this is where I, this is like my my roots in this whole thing come from dance. So like, I learned this from like Nadastrom and Titsworth and Will Eastman and Michael Vellian and Output Message and all those guys all supporting each other. And then when like Rando beautiful the beautiful swimmers come back from Germany, <laughs> and it's like, hey, they have a project out, and I'm like just Joe Q fan at home going to literally every single dance event on yeah. planet earth and it's like oh so not a strom and will eastman and mike Avellian and i'll put message and this person and that person the other person said that like this this these artists that make techno that i'm really not into mm-hmm. are like here and they have a new project and it's like a thing that i might not like but all these other people say it's great and and i generally trust them because i love their music and i respect what mm-hmm. they do as artists and if they say go, I might just go. Like, and, yeah. and, if, and especially if like they're so, there and they actually show up and they're physically in the building and they appear to be friends in real life. And that's what you see amongst all the kids in dance right now. Like you see like, like Jack Jill and Zach Easer and all those kids. They all support. They all support each other. It's all back and forth. And the new Androids kids, mm-hmm. they all love each yeah. other. Like to a almost like bizarre degree. Like <laughs> yeah, I said it, but I don't care. I, I just say that to the mic. Like hey, it's Jeff. all these people I know. Like yeah, I said it. Y'all are like. No, I just wanted to hop in and say crazy. this. This is a quality point. I think it's yeah, a, like, it's yeah. a high yeah. quality point. Be like, yeah. okay, this person's dope because like you follow me, and like I mean, there's a there's a there's an actual like anti journalistic thing right now where like if a journalist tells you to do something you're probably not going to do it but so so it was <laughs> so very it was a very matter. quality point and not to be debbie down here if your friend isn't good mm. tell him yes <laughs> that's important that's actually huge tell him that's actually huge because all that love doesn't matter if you all suck like if you all are just making this one big blob of suck then it it's great for you guys. You know what it's not good for? That, it's not good for the audience. It's not good for you, Joe. It's but, not good for us trying to write about it because then we're like, I can see the love. <laughs> I, I react strongly to this. I, I, I see like, oh, man, your intention. I, you, you got it. I see the gleam in your eye. Oh, fucking it like this. It's well, like that's, a, where, that's when yeah. you, you know, you're going to head straight for the echo chamber at that point, like, yeah. you're, like you call it. Well, yeah. Well, and like, I, I think of like one of the favorite, my, one of my favorite shows that I saw this year 
was it Songbird? Oh, right. And it was back I in July, it. and it was B. Steadwell, who I yeah. love. Love B. Steadwell very yes. much. B. Steadwell is a black queer woman. Yes, she and is. And at this show was me and my boy Tony and a bunch of black queer women. And I loved it because I felt like I was in this awesome place with this really awesome music and this really passionate fan base. But it was not a diverse fan base. And she deserves a really diverse fan base. Right. But I feel like she is not necessarily doing what needs to be done to broaden it. She's going deep no, into the, her, her existing Well, one. she should. She should, yeah. be, she should be doing what she does. But, that, but that's the point. One of the points I was trying to make a ways back. So you're <laughs> there and you talked about it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what and I so do. So there's a lot of people like you, Paul. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody like you, but there's Thank a lot. Of, there might be a lot of people like you, <laughs> and 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 so they've never considered that, and so what's happening at your venues is stuff like that is allowed to happen, and when you talk about it, then people are like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. So maybe next time she comes back, they'll be like, "Yeah." Maybe you'll look over and I'll be like, it's "Like." uh Doppelganger, you and Tony. Mm-hmm. Yes, which would be scary. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's, I, that was a good show. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think where that took my head was to kind of actually bring it a little bit circle back to like the value of what it is to be a fan. I mean, you can call mm-hmm. it a, a, what underpins a cheerleader or a critic or a venue owner or a writer. You know, we start as fans. Um, you know, I hopefully. start. Hopefully, I, yeah. I mean, I started. You know, what What took me was like, all right, I love this music, and I'm sure I bet most of us were this way. We were like the guys who were making our friends the mixtapes in high school, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. We were the guys, so you... I still make my friends the mixtapes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So what I'm saying is... Jesus. Recognize... Which ones? <laughs> to, to the same point you were just saying about how the artists can support each other, recognize your value, even amongst your own circle, right? Like, to be the music fan that can rally the other music fans, or that can right. steer... You know, you don't have to be a promoter. You can be a fan. That's super valuable. Mm-hmm. Fans are like super, like, I mean, for the first year that I was writing my blog, like, people used to get on me because I was never negative. I know, right? We, we just had a conversation upstairs where I was like the most negative human in the world. <laughs> but, um, but for like the first year that I wrote, I was super positive because I was like an actual fan of like the hipster indie underground, like, i-95 driven dance movement it was like the most like (laughs) liberating time of my life it was like every night was like you do what with what and and who and get the get the hell out this is crazy (laughs) i'm gonna say nice things about this because i think other people need to come and see it and not not that everybody should do what i did for like you know two years but just if if you like something be positive about it like tell people Go out, like actively engage in the thing about being a fan. Like going to a show in a vacuum does nobody any good right now. Mm. So it's like the concept of like, and I mean for bands and for artists and for people who are fans. And there's a worth in being a fan. Mm-hmm. Like if you go out, like do the social right. Like if you're gonna like say, oh yeah, I saw a show. Like that does nobody any favors. But like if you're like actively trying to push the needle as a fan or as an artist or as whatever. Like, do it right. Like, give people the value. So, as Phil Cook says, don't keep it a secret. There it is. And I'll say this. Um, I can only speak for myself or, or Songbird, but I've been thinking a lot about this lately, right? And so how do you treat, you know, those people who are the super fans that are the real, um, you know, movers of fans? How do we, you know, continue to strengthen those connections between the venues and those fans or the artists and those Free fans? Drinks, yeah. Free drinks. Well, 
Sure. Sure. Yeah. Any no, no, real, real no. talk. Real no, talk. That's real, can, that, no, but that's one. You yeah. know, real I'll, talk. I'll put it like this: um, I'm on the permanent guest list at U Street Music Hall. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and and if you look at the other people who are on the permanent guest list at U Street Music Hall, well, I mean, my name doesn't fit. But you know why I'm on that guest list? I can I can probably tell you why. Not not to yeah. go ahead. I I showed up to the first 35 events that they had at U Hall. When you all first opened, and by hook or by crook, I was on the artist list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you have people that are that dedicated to your venue, like speak to the Songbird or any any venue, I'll speak to the collective. Yeah, treat them right. You like just know that that person actually gives like a million a million fucks, and yeah. just be like, hey, come here and just yell, mm -hmm. just yell about us as loud as humanly possible. Like just. Don't shut up, like, because we need you to do that. Yeah, which is something actually DC is is completely lacking, which is off of a little off of what the point you were making. I I think if you have people coming in that are just legitimately fans, like you'll develop relationships with them. They they have developed a relationship with you. That's called brand synergy. Like they are they're like you they're getting in with you, mm -hmm. and uh and, and those things develop organically, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful when that happens. Sure. You know, because you'll have that person who is at Songbird like every fucking night, right? And after like a year or two, you're like, yeah, just go. <laughs> you got you got the permanent hand stamp. <laughs> Maybe you got the tattoo. Either that, either that, or they just eventually want a job. That's the other. That's actually how that works. Uh, but for the media, yeah, you know, we're talking about in DC. You know, the, there's a very uh, weird. We are, I. As somebody who who uh, does a lot has done a lot of live coverage has two people out doing live coverage now, mm -hmm. uh, you know we are about the only city I think in the country that I know of that can't get a person in on a photo pass, uh, which is weird. Like going through PR people is is sort of the worst, and and <laughs> for small bands hiring PR people don't do that. I've had a lot of friends ask like, should I spend the three thousand dollars on a PR person? It's like no, because you get like I get an email. Uh, where it's it's you're lumped in with like four other bands. Oh, you're like God. these people sound like a space whale fucking a space frog, and it's like <laughs> and that's nothing like you sound like, and 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 you know that doesn't do you any good. But but my point is that like invariably these bands come to play venues, and venues uh, whether they like it or not, IMP uh, need press, and so when you have to fight to get into a venue for every single show, eventually people start. Stop covering that. And the result is not that the venue stops making money because it never will stop making money. If you're a successful venue on that level, you will not stop making money. Is it the bands stop getting talked about? And if you're not getting talked about in D.C. by everybody, that might be a problem. Mm. We're not the artistic capital of, of the country, but we are the fucking capital. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Kevin, can you dumb that one down for me a little bit and, and make the point more yeah. more uh, more succinctly about the, the the connection you're talking about between well, the, well, the well, venue the, and the, the press? The connection I'm talking about is is that like so like say uh, Jennifer Vincent, who used to run uh, or does she still run it? DC uh, setlist setlist yeah so she's worked at venues around town. So the last one she worked at was the Hamilton. And the relationship we had with that, and everybody had, in fact, with that, was that you could call them up and be like, hey, you have a show going here. We want to report on it. You know, translate that into, like, we want to put four hours of work into talking about not just this band, but your venue. Mm -hmm. uh, can you accommodate us? And the answer was always yes. 
and uh, there are an IMP venues notoriously uh, Black Cat, uh, and uh, I mean honestly, <laughs> you know DC. Although DC Nine is great about this, DC Nine you can hit up on Twitter. But you know it's and it's something that as a journalist you learn to do to go through people, but you have to when you have people this enthusiastic like my contributors like the Mauricio or Matt Conan this enthusiastic are going like I haven't paid them a dime. <laughs> They spend every fucking night in a rock club. I don't pay them a dime, and the, and have to deal with like people being like, I don't know if we get we can accommodate this. It's like fuck you, accommodate it. Like, right. If you want to have your job, PR person, by not being the cause of the collapse of the music industry, accommodate that shit. And but the easiest way around that is for the venues in town. If I go to New York, if I go to New York now, I can call the fucking Bowery Ballroom and be like, hey, you got room for me? They're like, yes. I never went through an artist, never went through a PR person, it's done. All right. So, um... And we don't do that here. I tried to, like... Right. I, I, I tried to, like, not claw my eyeballs out in the midst of you making that statement. <laughs> and you failed. But I failed miserably. Um, okay. So, like... This is like this is going to be cathartic because I've been building this <laughs> one up it, for, yeah, just for twelve months. Um, there are venues in Washington D.C. that are doing PR for themselves, which is necessary when you're trying to rebrand yourself in the wave of millions and billions, literal billions of dollars coming into the nation's capital. So that's the thing, um, and and God bless those venues that need to do PR for themselves. Um, where the bands literally serve as PR for the venue. And the writers writing about the bands largely don't matter because the band is the story in the venue. And the band's concert is The band is always the story. No, but the band, no, no, but the band actually isn't the story. The no. story is the... Oh, Kevin, just listen to me because mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, the venue is the story... And the fact that the band is pushing the venue is the P is the only PR piece that is of any necessity to anything that is going on there. So the journalism is is the dog that is getting its tail wagged. Like there's the it's the the relationship makes no sense and it's backwards and it's illogical. But that's where we are. Um, there's actually a venue that has a TV show about it on PBS right now. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. Like, that's the idea. And no, and God bless the fact that this exists in the world because I'm, like, impressed. I'm like, wow, that's kind of incredible. Like, the 930 Club started off as, like, a punk venue that played, that, had, that hosted shows for punk fans that needed a place to have shows. We have now gone around the sun, backwards, and back around again in the forwards direction. <laughs> To the point where the venue is now being told as a story to be created as a larger space because there's literal billions of dollars in a city. And God bless that 930 Club for doing that because somebody had to do it. Somebody had to be the people in the city to decide that I, I guess. that was going I mean, to happen. And, that, and that's, where, that's where we are. I mean, it's capitalism. It's sheer capitalism. That's, and that's cool. Like, it's the point you're trying that, to make cool. that doesn't serve the artist where the fuck... But it, doesn't, but it doesn't serve the artist because if you look at the artists yeah. that are playing there, they're already, take, they're already set. They're in the 1% of the music industry for the most part right. or headed to well, the 1% of the music industry. It doesn't serve DC artists where the fuck. Right, it doesn't. But 
That's what I mean about DC artists when I talk about the fact that you have to give 150% effort now because the venue at the top is now a venue that is doing press for itself, but not for the artist, but for the venue. And that's going to be probably a temporary thing or a semi-temporary thing until a 6,000-person venue owned by the same company opens up in Southwest D.C. And then that'll be the venue that'll have the PR being done about it, where the band is pushing the venue and the journalism is tertiary to the situation. Yeah, That's where we are. So, like, for you, Joe... This is beneficial in the sense that you could be running a venue where bands and journalists and like traditional music industry things that have to exist in order for a music industry to exist can thrive. Because literally, if you go to Songbird, not to make this a commercial Songbird, but you're actually physically here, and I've done work with you, full disclosure. I, I don't mind if it's a commercial for Songbird. Right. So I'll like this. So you can go to Songbird, see a band play, eat dinner at the same venue, get drunk at said venue, buy an album from the artist you saw downstairs, and leave and keep all that money in a venue in the city. And if the band is a local band, that money doesn't leave. 61 square miles of Washington, D.C. And that's a value that you, that's necessary when at the top end of what we're doing now in the city, it's a completely different thing. I mean, there's also a 3,500-person venue at a casino in Oxen Hill. That's also going to be a place where bands are going to play shows to create PR for a venue. Bands where- like Sting? Sting and Bruno Mars, literal one percenters in the music industry. Boys to Men, Duran Duran, like that's that's. Wait, is is Boys to Men really a one percenter? Yes, they have Grammys. Are you sure? When you win, I get a vote. Is Boys to Men a one percenter in twenty sixteen? In twenty sixteen, probably not. It's been a long time since Motown Philly. Oh, I mean, mean, to me, they 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 still like okay. So so if you ask Joe Quick Public on the street, are they doing a move? Is that the no, that's the new edition movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, there's a new edition movie? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Marcus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the kids? Yeah. It looks cool. It, yeah. it better be called Cool It Now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I what it's it. called, but it looks good. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, that's... And so, for like... If, and also, if, if you're like, say, Black Cat, like, this is an opportunity to, like, recast yourself because the whole, the, the whole marketplace has shifted wildly into a place where things that should not be big air quotes, are perfectly normal things in the world. Like, this mm-hmm. is actually, these are actual facts of Washington, D.C. in 2016. Like, we submitted a $13 billion budget, budget to Congress. And we can, and the city can sustain $13 billion of any money from the federal government. So, when that becomes a thing, like, the top end of the city literally shoots through the roof. And everything else levels up. So, in the place of a, of a 930 club in like 2008 or 2007 or 2000 when local bands still had a a leg to stand on in that venue you know quote unquote yeah like that's a space that's now occupied by a dc9 or a rock and roll hotel or a black cat or a songbird like you you occupy that actual physical space like being honest like Mm -hmm. less black cat i mean look Lambert's doing a good job of doing DC9 and, yeah. and Rock and Roll, but you are also, like at Songbird, doing 
like the, the booking that you would have seen a lot of at those places prior. Right. And there was no other competition. And that's the point is competition. It's also, yeah. it's also a better room. Yeah. You uh, and DC nine are like, sort of like that. Like it's back and forth. Mm-hmm. I love both of them. Rock yeah. and hotel, the room <sighs> just needs to be like, it just needs to be acoustically retreated. Cause it just okay. doesn't sound right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's a simple, that's a simple fix. Steve Lambert. How you doing, buddy? Um, <laughs> You're going to get me banned again. <laughs> well, I mean, again, there again. Is. Chris Kelly was banned from the rock and roll hotel for some time. Oh too. shit. He's my brother. Now. He was like, he was like, you got the, you got the Twitter ban as well. That was okay. cool. I haven't been Twitter banned from the rock and roll hotel, <laughs> but I feel like, I feel He's like scared. Switzerland in a lot of cases. <laughs> like, like, like Paul Vodra here. Yeah. How you doing, brother? So, <laughs> so, 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 so to that point, and and as we uh, as we cross the hour and thirty minute mark, uh, hot jam. Yeah, to that point, all the money coming in DC. How do we talk to people? It's business owner. You're going to take advantage of it. How you take advantage of it? Whatever. Yeah, that's going to work. But artists, how do we convince them to be like, hey, this is now available to you. Stop hating the man and fucking if you if you're gonna do your thing, use it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, that damn doesn't thing. work. That doesn't work. No, but that's what it is. Like that's that's I know it doesn't work, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Oh well. Like that's okay. just what it is. But that's what you gotta do. You just gotta do the damn thing. Huh? What are you what what are you what are you getting at? Wait, repeat the question. Well, I, I I'm getting at I, I'm getting at the question like a lot of times people are like very uh here artistically uh, isolated and they're like I don't need any help. I yeah, damn the man, you know, fuck the man, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to put my stuff up there. But the reality is is there's a fuck ton of money laying on the table for any band like say the band just played uh, I think Brushes played uh, Songbird last night. There's a fuck ton of money laying around for Brushes to make an album if they just do the research, talk to some people, and they get it. Because DC desperately wants to have the scene that the artists in DC think they have. Mm. No, that's a great... Um, and I know Marcus has, has written about that. Mm. Um, and talk to people. Like, yeah, I, that's what you've been doing the past two months. Yes. It's, hard for, me to, it's hard for me to opine, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Like Expand on that even. Tell me what brushes... Tell me what you think brushes. What are the, what's the opportunity they have I mean, right now? What do you they see? Can have like, uh, maybe like they can apply for some grants, like artistic grants, where they're available. Like, I know mm-hmm. the uh, community yeah. like television is yeah uh, office of cable television, yeah. film, music, and entertainment. I mean, Joe, you know. Okay, okay, I see where you're, you're yeah. Like they're they're out there. Like the I mean, it, a thing to think about in the future is that the actual DC government actually wants to give a million like cares. I'll say because they don't like four little four little words. They want to give a million hugs. cares. Hugs. Yeah. Hugs. They want to give <laughs> a million hugs. hugs. <laughs> to 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 DC music. So like and I'm gonna know, translate hugs equals fucks, guys. Yeah. And, they, and, and what's funny <laughs> is like always mean that. What, you, what's, what what I like right now, and I mean to be like full disclosure, is I love the idea of like being able to like call my musical friends and be like, here, there is this person who works in an office and they actually care about what you do and they want to film you like free of charge and actively mm-hmm. like promote what you do. So just talk to them. Shouts out Marianne. Yeah. Marianne Lombardi. Yeah. Shouts out to, uh, to Bruce Walker. Like shouts out to that whole click over there. Edgy Gates. Like they actually care. 
and they actively yeah, want to like, talk like, to people. Don't look at them and be like, well, they don't have a jean jacket or patches. But they actually do have a jean jacket and oh, patches. Do they? That's the oh, funny yeah. part. Well, then then, like, yeah, then, you, then right? you have no excuse. Yeah, like, no excuse. like it, it's really funny. Like, I mean, not that like you know this is not this is not my like you know uh, Jerry Rubin moment where I, I promptly put on a suit and sell everybody out. But um, I'm just saying, like. We're at a weird place where, like, the city is making all of this money right now, and they stop that thing and realize, oh, crap, like, we need to engage with the creative community in order to, like, you know, find a way to make this, like, locally, organically sustainable so we don't have to, like, bring in giant bands and have them play on the National Mall I mean, opposite the Washington Monument and have it not be, you know, a thing. The only thing I will say is that it's a little over oversimplifying. I think there's a lot of dots that still need to be connected when you think oh. about, you know, just to say, well, all this money, 13 billion, this, that, or the other, and funding for local arts, those don't assume one because of the other. No, no, but, but, but also don't deny, don't, don't look at it simply because it's there and who's offering it to you. Like, don't, don't just, you know, yeah. oh, I, I don't like, them. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Be willing to have the conversation is what is what I think what, what I think you mean. Like be willing yeah. to like open yourself up to that. So I, I I'm not sure that bands necessarily like need funding to record music. I feel like like one of the biggest stories bands of will 20, tell you differently. Maybe, but like <laughs> I feel like one of the biggest stories of 2016 was the death of Union Arts. You know that was like a, a DIY venue. You know it was kind of gritty and. It was the space that you felt like shit could go down, that like weird stuff can happen, and it's Which not is so much great. Yes, and that's that's but, and and that's what the, the overdevelopment in DC is pushing that no, stuff. No, no, out. the other reality of Union Arts is that it was a thousand percent over like occupied by people who weren't paying rent. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was obviously so, like so, a sketchy. So that, setup. that that creates a cool situation. Yeah. But that's not a situation that any like if if we're being responsible citizens mm-hmm. like that we need to support, and and but what I'm saying is that if the DC government wanted to support um, mm-hmm. arts in DC, they could make a scenario similar to Union Arts happen, perhaps quietly. You, the, the Union mm. Arts thing is going to be a scenario similar to Union Arts. You're 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 talking <laughs> so, you're talking about there's actually that... more spaces at Union Arts yeah. opening yeah. up. Than there were available. I mean, the problem is you can only book them for like the one thing. You can't share your space with ten other bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my head, so, I think you're talking about things that probably people would want to see happen. Like, I mean, to me, but yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing about like. God, I I was just telling a, a, a local musician this today, like this morning. Um, it's it's the hurry up and wait thing, like. Mm-hmm. If if there, if there was ever a time to like act like every single day was the absolute was the day you could possibly like break break through the barrier whatever barrier you think that is whatever barrier access you have for success that exists this is it like this is the time where you just want to act like every single day that you wake up this could be the day so like you want to like just break the just beat the brakes off the thing and just like really do things to the best of your ability all the time. Like the, the focus now is on like really being able to like nail being consistently solid at the art that you make. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, to and me. I think, and, and it's, uh, I had this conversation. It was on the, um, actually Chad Clark was down from beauty pill. Yes. Yes. And we are both, uh, advocates of the idea of, 
fuck you, the, it means there'll be better art because of the situation we have found our, ourselves in. Uh, but the reality is, is it actually will be better art and people will commit to that. You know, and, uh, I was responding to an article that Chris Nelm actually posted today about the idea of the job. If you haven't read the book, uh, uh, throwing rocks at the Google bus by Douglas Rushkoff. I suggest you you read it. It's I about, just did, it, and it's amazing, right? It's amazing, yeah. And and it's about globalism, and it's about our place in globalism, and it gets into the minutia of like, what is a job? What is it? What we do? What do we need as a people? And one thing we surely need is art. We do need that. Mm-hmm. But. In where we're heading and and where, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, like, you say they could support that, and they certainly could, but we could also, like, pass a bill, we could support everything. Everybody can eat, everybody can, like, live. And, but the point, the point of the book was essentially, like, we will all be better off if we just do the thing that we want to do, regardless of the cost. That's what I took away from it. And that has to be the guiding like principle, you know. If if you are there, there are artists that are just super focused on just like their art. Like, and the only thing I can do is get out of bed and play a fucking piano. <laughs> that's that's and, and that doesn't make a Mozart, but like that's just how how they are, and that should be encouraged and stuff. But there, then there are necessarily people like us who can sort of ease that along. I mean, that's why we're talking about this. So yeah. if you hear this, be like. If somebody thought, never thought that they could, like, maybe, oh, I can reach out to the D.C. government and get some money? Yeah. You actually can. Like, did it, like, did it, like, the, 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 the humanities. We'll put links in the show notes to where yeah, the, the link to actually like, link. Like, D.C. Humanities, they have a grant that, like, awesome musicians never actually, the, the only awesome musician I've ever known to get a D.C. Humanities grant is Crystal's Bacon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe, God, like, this, I'm going I'm to, like, sum it up real quick. Like I always, Philippa Hughes got a grant. Philippa Hughes got a huge grant. Yeah, Philippa Hughes gets grants all the time. Yeah, she has my homie, and that's why I love her because she taught me that very early on in the game. Like that's what you do. But um, I mean, if there was ever an artist to like just just watch everything that guy does, is Cristal's Bacon, and we never talk about Cristal's Bacon as being like hip, relevant, fresh, whatever. But he, you know, like travels the world and has amassed a global fan base. And actively, eighty percent yeah. of local artists down here have mentioned his name. Yeah, <laughs> some more than others. Like they've all been like, you know, he's yeah, so you're distinctive visually. Right, yeah. and that's the thing. He, yes. he crafted a look oh, that man. nobody else has. And like, no. I mean, there's like, and and again, Cristal's bacon like just exists in the world and just does the right thing. So if there's any one thing I would tell people, it's like just the music industry is not hard. Like it's not, it's not. I I always Joe's say this laughing. to people. It's like, not. Maybe we're all laughing. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, we are. Hard. You just have to like do smart work and like study it. Because right. if you study it long enough, it becomes like brutally simple, and you just like and you kick yourself every time you see something win that you completely understand why it, why it won. Like you know, it's like it's like the the, the Britney Spears theory. Like one day Britney Spears woke up and you just looked at her and you're like, yeah, she's going to win everything because it's just so dumb, stupid, simple, bluntly obvious, smack you in the face, obvious that it just makes sense. And you're just like, for all of the thinking I did about this, that, and whatever it could be, sometimes you're just 
blonde and attractive and could sing a song and wear a, t- a, a, a schoolgirl outfit and just nail it every time. And it's just that easy. Mm. So to uh, try and wrap this up, Lynn, we, we got, um, I don't think I gave you enough time, Vodra. Like, <laughs> like, what are some good releases that came out this year? Fellow right. Creatures. Fellow Creatures. Love Fellow Creatures. I think that was the best indie rock. That was early on. Of 2016. Kings of the Flood was at the back end, but they're DC yes. Boston. Um, Ab, of course. Well, yeah, oh, of course. Ab. Ab, of course. Um, uh, Beast Edwell, who I mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, really good. The Cowards Choir. Um, Janelle Leppin, Mellow Diamond. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple of very interesting yeah. uh, sort of abstract cello sort of things. Um, and uh, I, I like the new title tracks. It's really fun. It's been a long Fuck. time since we had some I'm an uh, asshole because I forgot about that. That album's great. <laughs> Just came that out a few weeks ago. I know that album's legitimately great. Yes. And, and we're supposed to have John down here. So yeah. I guess it'll be next year. There you go. Um, so what do we want to see? Uh, I'm going to go around the room here and I'll, I'll start with you, Marcus. Because I ended up on the one with you and it yeah. took like half an hour. So what do we want to see with DC? <laughs> what do we want to see with DC music in, um, in 2017 here? I want to see um, every single artist find at least five artists that they like and i want those artists to go to all of their shows and begin an organic support initiative like it's it seems so small but it's actually so big like if you go out and you talk to people about the fact that you're at this other artist shows and that it's great there's a potential for something there because i think that we've reached like peak journalism and peak think piece and peak Hmm. pacemaker (laughs) So that that thing is done. Like as, as somebody who people look at as a tastemaker, I'm fucking tired, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to go to these damn shows anymore. This is the this is the uh, James Earl Jones Field of Dreams speech. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Earlier he gave the Wesley Snipes yeah. uh, yeah, so, Blues speech. I mean, that's what it is. Like <laughs> you, we can get a glass of this Netflix queue. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's that simple. Like God, just just if you're a musician and like. People actually care about what you have to say. Like, I work at band camp, and all we do is interview artists all the time. And we actually give artists columns, like, mm-hmm. you know, because people care about what artists have to say. So, like, find five acts that you like and uh, of any genre whatsoever and just go to all their shows and just tell people about it because maybe that'll work. All right. Vodra. I, I really want to see the walls get broken down. I really want to see mixing it up a lot more and i'm gonna try to do what i can to make that happen i want to see people show up to shows that aren't the same people showing up to that kind of show i i want to i want to be surprised to see people at x show or y show um and that's i mean that's what i try to do with with what the work that i do is play a bit of everything and and try to surprise people be like, oh, I hadn't thought about hip hop or I hadn't thought about experimental cello. Let's go check that out. Um, and, you know, that's what I'm going to try to do with Millennium Stage. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Okay. You know, I might be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my spit. I like it. I've had a cello missing from my life for damn near 25 years. Cello is a great instrument. Second only to tuba in how much I love it. Interesting. I know, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think I already touched on it, and it's not dissimilar from what these guys are saying, but uh, continued growth and development of the music fan in D.C., uh, both in terms of 
you know, in terms of everything, in terms of appreciation for old music, appreciation of new music, appreciation mm-hmm. of local music, appreciation of international and national music, mm-hmm. just everything we can do to that's gr- key. Yeah, everything we can do to grow and develop music fans and to um, elevate that idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm. You guys have covered the uh, the uh, feel good or or the 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 together grow thing. I'm I'm going to cover what's going to happen. Uh, and and I I said no more punk songs, and I mean that. If you're in a punk band, fucking quit, <laughs> fucking quit before 2017. But what I want to hear, and, and what we will hear, is what's going to happen is because what we're heading into, mm-hmm. uh, the Trump administration, unless something radical happens, which who knows. Who knows? We have no fucking clue. This year started with David Bowie dying, and Kanye's in the hospital now. I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. <laughs> but 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 what I want to hear is like people who are who are writing songs to like try to be something or other. Write songs to be yourself. Say something. If you're angry about it, say it. Write a song about it. Because what's going to matter most, especially in this first year of this administration, I'm talking 2017, is that. We can go out to a place like Songbird or any venue. Fuck, we might start having shows here and have somebody that says something that connects us to them because we're scared as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll happen. And that's typically happened in punk music, but I think it, it can happen in any type of music. Um, Jesus Jones might make a comeback. I don't know. It's going to be sweet. I think there is going to be like a lot of raw emotion from I people. I hope so. The, November, I feel like people were just like out of their mind scared um just like really beaten this down is the, this is and... the first taping that i felt good like i i've literally been like and you know you've been on I a know, couple of, yeah I, I felt like just like fuck daria is depressed as fuck oh yeah like you can't like you know for people who aren't in dc mm. like you have no idea no <laughs> like, no uh yeah. but uh but yeah so that's what that's what i hope happens in 2017 Thank you guys so much for uh, coming of down course. here, you guys. Joe, please come back whenever you like. Cheers, thanks, man. And, uh, and uh, we will. We have one more. I, I don't know what it is. We have one more in the top ten. You'll be down here for the top ten. You're oh, invited. You're thank invited. You. Hanging out. Right on. Make ribs and greens. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, we'll be doing so thanks a lot, guys. All right, right on. Thank you to all our panelists. Um, really, it was great to. Uh, this is the first time Joe's been down here. It's great to have him down here, get to know him a little bit. Hopefully, he'll be back uh, up in the new year. Um, and always a pleasure. I, it was sad. I, Paul Voder has been down here. He's been over a bunch this year, but never on mic uh, except for the early, early on the year. So it's it great to have him back over here. And as always, Marcus Dowling. Uh, might as well just move in here. I guess him and Warlow can hang out down here in the basement. Um, again, you know, we the conversation was full of tough love, but it, you know, it, the imperative word being love right there. Um, we don't pretend to have all the answers, but what we do here is we talk about it in our hopes to find the answers. So, may, if you have the answers, first of all, come talk on this podcast on a regular basis. We're tired of not being a facts-based podcast, but uh, but really, you know, if you have the answers or, or want to discuss any these issues, um, uh, you can either email us, uh, email me at kevin at chunkyglasses dot com, 
um, or info at chunkyglasses.com. I answer to both. Uh, you can stop by if you're in the neighborhood, if you know where we live, um, or, you know, come on the podcast. Just hit us up and say, I, I really, this issue is important to me. Why? Tell me why it's important and uh, come on and we'll get some people, or maybe it'll just be you and me. Uh, but, you know, we'll get some people to talk about it and work through it because if we all keep talking and we all sort of work together towards this, because we're all working towards a better thing. We have to now. Uh, we have no choice. Um, but uh, but we're all working towards a better thing. We just have some different ways of doing it, such as life. Um, so, again, thanks to Joe. Uh, thanks to Paul. Thanks to Marcus for coming down. Thanks to uh, everybody who's been down here this year. Um, if you liked what you just heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a comment there. You can rate us a, with a star. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, uh, MixCloud. Um, you can listen to us on Google Play. We're pretty much everywhere. I just told you how to reach out to us, but you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at, at Chunky Glasses. And uh, you'll notice I put in the bio there now, uh, I'm sort of going to be uh, – my tweets are going to become a little more political and we will be doing that from from the uh, from the main Twitter account, but I think uh, that might be a little overload for some people. Uh, so so I'm sort of retreating back over to my little uh, Twitter account. It's Chunky Kevin C H N K Y K E V I N, and also uh, I put in there uh, two people who who we don't give enough credit uh, for what we do or don't talk about uh, as much as we should. Uh, Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro, and uh, they are out. I, I think at this point, one of them is out every single night and have been so for, for most of this year covering shows. That is phenomenal. I, I haven't done that since 2012. That is just fucking phenomenal. And uh, and I'm proud to work with those guys, and they should be proud of, of all the work they've done. So uh, you can follow them. Please do and uh, and and enjoy their work. Um, that's it. That's our podcast for you. That is the... Uh, this is the final sign-off before the big year-end edition. Um, we thank you for listening and uh, get out and see some live music. I'm going to be out there now that I don't have to do this twice a week now, again uh, for a little while. And uh, it has been a fun year, but now it's time to go. So um, we're going to hang out with you next week. Uh, until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>